The presenting sponsor for On Education is Schoology. Every day, millions of students, parents, faculty, and administrators from more than 1,600 school districts leverage Schoology to advance what is possible in education. The team at Schoology is passionate about making its users successful, and they know sometimes you might need a little help to achieve your desired outcomes. To help districts find their way to success, Schoology has created Schoology Compass, a set of self-service resources and tools to support school and district leaders in their journey to success. Compass is made up of five district success routes. Each one is designed to advance what is possible at your district. To learn more about Schoology Compass, simply visit Schoology.com. Let's tear into these dummies. Welcome to On Education. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will be recapping the election, discussing the argument against student voice and choice, why teachers aren't using the apps their school districts are purchasing, and our guest this week is Don Wetrick from Start Ed Up. So it's November 11th today. It is. Uh, it's your it's, birthday. Uh, <laughs> it is my birthday. It is my birthday. Um, so I'm, I'm 39 today. It's, it's weird having a birthday on... Um, well, in, in, so here's uh, your Canadian lesson for the day. Okay. In Canada, we call it Remembrance Day. Okay. For Re- Veterans Day. Okay. Yeah, you guys call it Veterans Day, but, uh, you know, so it's always been weird having my birthday on, on that day. I, I take uh, Remembrance Day pretty seriously. Uh, I was actually driving at 11 o'clock, and uh, we, we pulled over. And uh, I, Isaac wasn't sure why we were pulling over, and I reminded him that at 11 o'clock on November 11th, we, we stopped. And we pay our respects, and so we did that, and then you know we kept going. Um, so I mean, we don't want to take too long on this, but I, I think that it's important to thank uh, you know our our veterans and and service members. If we have any who are listening, thank you for your service. And absolutely, um, you know, certainly I, I think about both of my both my my grandfather on my dad's side and my great grandfather on my dad's side were um, uh, participants in uh, wars. So uh, our veterans and my grandfather on my mother's side was a veteran as well. He was a reservist for a number of years. So, uh, you know, uh, I I thank them for their service as well. Absolutely. No, that's a good, good sobering reminder. We need to make sure that we pay, pay our respects. Totally. Totally. So the election happened. Yes. I thought it went well. <laughs> I didn't stay up as late as I thought I would. Uh, I kind of crashed at around 1130, which is still like way past my bedtime. I'm like a go to bed at 930 guy on the weeknights. I, mean, I can't do it staying up late like other people do. Um, yeah, it went well. I mean, it. I think it went better than I thought it was going to go, especially in the house. I think we're going to be, what, plus 37? Um, you know, I guess if I had to predict, I was, I was kind of in and around plus 29, plus 30, um, uh, some, some, some really terrible people, uh, lost as, as they should have, um, <laughs> but some terrible people still won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some terrible people still won. Um, you know, I was really happy to see Chris Kobach 
in Kansas lose because that guy is um, the worst Mm -hmm. or pretty close (laughs) to the worst. So I was happy about that. Um, We were happy to see Scott Walker go down. Go down in flames. Finally. Finally. That guy's had like 10 lives. Yeah, that guy has more lives than a cat for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, there's still lots going on. Um, They're still counting in Georgia. They're still counting in Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is uh, 2000 all over again, it seems like. Um, Both uh, the Senate and and the governor's race are being recounted in Florida. And it seems incredibly obvious that voter suppression changed the election in Georgia. That's crazy, huh? Like I, it is so close between those two that, you know, if this guy, Brian Kemp hadn't, you know, put his finger on the scale. Cause you know, he was running, he was running the, the election. election as the secretary of state. Yeah. You know, for the election that he was being like, I mean, how could you not, be forced to recuse yourself. How was that not all? How was that not a law? You have to do that. I mean, that's just ridiculous that he didn't. I mean, it's it's it just will automatically people will assume the worst, especially in this case where there, yeah. you have a guy that has been known to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has been known to basically make it more difficult to vote. It's unbelievable. You know, that's that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. And we we went back and forth on iMessage a few times about Beto. Mm-hmm. We were on the Beto train for a little while, at least. It was pretty exciting for a while. I mean, the it was blue. Texas was blue for a few hours uh, there. <laughs> I didn't trust it, and I was i I said to I said to you at some point, I'm like, he can win. Like this is way closer than I anyone thought it would be. Um, listen, I I, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent on the Beto 2020 train. But I hear the arguments. I get it as someone yeah. who understands the politics of of it, and as someone who runs elections, who has run elections and managed elections before. I get it. I get why his losing in Texas actually could translate to better results nationally. Mm-hmm. He is more appealing across the country than he would be in the United States. Um, you know, so a, a Joe Kennedy Beto O'Rourke ticket in 2020 is my jam. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I think, I think those two would just blow the doors off the place. It'd be, it'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but, uh, still a ways away. Someone's- <laughs> I did read a, a really hot takey article that Beto dodged a bullet by losing. Like it was like, it was very like tongue in cheek, but it was like, thank God he lost, you know, cause now he can be president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he can be president yet. I don't think so either. I think he should, I, I think, I think totally he will be as long as he can keep his image mm-hmm. up and, and engaged in over the next little while. I mean, we're not far from primary. Listen, if, this it doesn't end. I mean, we are literally weeks away from primary announcers, and then we're months away from literally full fledged primary campaigns. I know. Uh, by January, we will know. We will generally know everybody who's in the primary, and it's go time. So you know, um, 
you know, it's going to start again. And so anyways, it was a good yeah. night. It was, I was a good happy night. with it. A- anyone who doesn't think it's a good night is, uh, you know, on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Well, not reading it right. That's for sure. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so this is my, uh, my, we've, we've kind of hinted at this and talked about it a little bit, but this is my last week at my, my teaching job, my school. Um, I gave notice at the end of, uh, the end of September and, uh, you know, I'm Are you excited. I'm uh, moving on. To- yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. There's lots going on. I'm, uh, I got some other things that I'm, I'm not ready to say yet because, uh, you know, I'm waiting for other people to say them first, but y- you know, some of them and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about what's going on. I'm definitely excited about pumping more time into the podcast. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more. I'm, I'm going to be writing a lot more in the blog and, um, and investing some time into the podcast is going to be good. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, you know, I'm renovating my office that I'm in right now, putting a couch in it and stuff wow. like that. So I'm going to have a nice, comfortable place to work here from home and uh, uh, going to be doing lots of writing. I'm doing, uh, I'm actually keynoting or, well, I guess they call it a spotlight speaker uh, at, at um, Canada's largest ed tech conference. It's called Connect. Uh, I'll be doing that in uh, May and uh, traveling, you know, quite a bit uh, with um, the, the, the new stuff I'm going to be doing. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it more in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, no, it's a little bittersweet. Uh, They sent out an email yesterday or I guess Friday, sorry, uh, with, you know, uh, we wish Mr. Washburn the best, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, So yeah, no, it's happening. It's a little weird. So Friday is the last day. Yeah, yeah. The last day with students is Wednesday, okay. and then I'm doing parent-teacher meetings <laughs> on uh, on all day on Thursday, and then there's there's actually a PD day on Friday, and I have to go to it. I, I don't really totally get it, other than it's kind of more of a good relaxing opportunity to for me to say goodbye to my coworkers, Your colleagues. Yep. Yeah, go to lunch. Maybe we're gonna. I think I think we're gonna have a lunch uh somewhere sushi probably sushi's my there's an awesome sushi restaurant love sushi so yeah that's what's gonna happen i guess uh talk about this uh, i saw this on twitter and i wasn't sure what was going on here but the argument against student voice and choice i mean i know a little bit counter uh to to what we generally talk about, right? Yes. And I, I think it, there's actually, this is not an isolated article. Um, I think we're going to hear more and more about this. Basically, the the counter movement to allowing more student voice and choice in our classrooms and in their uh, schooling uh, in general. Um, but the, mm. the article, basically the synopsis, and we'll make sure we link it in the show notes, but it says that too much student choice uh, could turn into what they call a free-for-all, which I think is ridiculous. But they say that it could hurt graduation rates, lead to poor performance on state tests, who cares, and weaken academic skills. And that I just, I, I, it's just so laughable. And I wonder, I mean, the root source of this always kind of, it makes me, I'm interested in hearing where is this kind of stemming from, you know? 
Are we talking about text textbook right. companies that that are huge advocates of state tests? Uh, who are we talking about that's actually making these specific arguments? You know, um, so they have a little list about weighing the power of choice. You know, what are the benefits and drawbacks of getting giving students more choice in education? And you can kind of go through uh, uh, that kind of questioning, but it's it's super interesting, and I think there's a uh, there's a move uh, against basically the already uh, powerful movement of making sure that we do this within our classrooms and then also within our school districts, basically of giving students uh, voice and choice in, in what they do and how they decide to go out and what, what they decide to create uh, kind of the path that they're going to take. Um, and we always talk about this, me and you uh, and any conversations that we have with other instructors, we're always talking about how do we make sure that this is something that adds to uh, the engagement of our students, but also ends up adding to the finished product of our student. When they leave us, they just have all of these skills, you know, the five C's, whatever it might be that they're they're leaving our schools with, ready for the next steps. Not just uh, with content knowledge, but just in just being human beings and wanting to learn more. So, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. We'll make sure we link it and we'll see what people think about th- that. <laughs> I think. I mean, teachers, I mean, I don't know how many times we need to say this, but teachers are professionals. And we can, you know, most of us can walk and chew gum at the same time. And that means giving students choice and voice and also maintaining a proper classroom environment. Yes. It doesn't seem like... This is, it's where I eat. It's my bread and butter. It's, it's literally the center point of my, in particular, my grade eight work. Yes. Is in students basically coming into my classroom and deciding what they're doing that day. Um, They know what the project entails and they know what they got to do, but it's their time. And, my class is not a gong show. My class is not out of order. My class isn't, you know, out of control. Um, <laughs> out of control in in no way. I, it's it's just it seems like you know the case against this is also based on an assumption that that teachers can't manage their classrooms, and like I said, I I like the phrase. I, I love the phrase "walk and chew gum" at the same time. It's like, are we trip? Are we really tripping over ourselves to allow students to make some decisions about their education, um, while also expecting them to behave properly at the same time? Is that is that really that hard? Yeah, they're not even that. They're not even that connected. Those ideas about classroom management and student voice and choice are two. I, I think actually, I think they could. You know what way they can be connected is that the students have a voice and choice in how the class is actually managed. And to make sure that it's always an atmosphere that uh, accelerates learning. That's, you know, that we, and and kids really can have an honest conversation about that. They'll tell you right from the beginning, you know, when you start developing all of kind of like your, uh, your rules and, and, and what are your uh, expectations that they have some expectations too. They want to make sure that learning does take place, that it's, and it, it involves them. So mm-hmm. it, I guess that would be the connection. It would be the exact opposite of what they're trying to push, which would be 
that there would be chaos? It's actually no. It's when the more buy-in you have into a situation, the more engaged you're in it, the more you are willing to uh, you know, participate in it fully. Just seems like common sense to me. Uh, one of the things that I do, uh, and actually this came up on Twitter with Corey um, the other day too, was uh, like student surveys and asking for students for feedback. That's a that's a strong element of student voice for sure. Uh, and and um, one of the things that I wanted to mention to her in Twitter, but I'll mention it here, is that you know while I do a survey, I remind the students that. I'm not necessarily going to change everything that they suggest needing or should be changed. Sometimes they just, you know, they are free to offer suggestions. And then I make decisions as the teacher on what to move forward with or not move forward with. It is the the way that it operates. Again, asserting myself as the, again, the teacher and also a professional, um, I want their opinion, but I don't necessarily do what they ask. And that's, you know, this idea of chaos or whatever, like that, you know, the the animals are running the circus, so to speak, or whatever other phrase you want to use. Um, I don't see it that way. I, I have a conversation when I ask students what their thoughts are. And I say, you know, I'm going to take your feedback. I'm going to combine it with what I think. Um, I'm reflecting on, and then we're going to move forward. Exactly. And I really appreciate your input. That's it, um, right there. I've been doing that for years, and um, it's never been a problem. And I'll tell you, uh, I've had kids come up to me and say, I've never been asked what my thoughts were on what we did. Never been asked. I can't believe you do it. And I, I wish I could do it more. I wish I could... And and I find that, especially once my students in particular at my school are in grade are in grade eight, they're pretty mature, so they get that this is an opportunity to actually tell me. So they take it seriously. They don't they don't you know goof around with it. They take it seriously. They give me legit feedback. Yeah, they're giving you legitimate. Yep, legitimate concerns, legitimate feedback, legitimate things that possibly are things that are things you might not even have thought of. And that's what I always see with my students. That like, here's some different things, but what do you think you could add? You know, whether it be uh, different types of way of being able to uh, demonstrate their knowledge or just like you just talked about, like the decisions that actually get made in class and how a class runs, uh, they can definitely offer that type of feedback. So yes, I I think that that's an interesting, uh, you know, counter movement, I guess. Uh, but we will make sure to always... Uh, uh, be proponents of student voice and choice. Absolutely. Interesting article. We'll link it in the show notes. When we come back, we're going to take a hard look at all of those apps that are on your iPads and your Chromebooks that teachers and educators and districts are buying, why we're buying them, and if we're actually using any of them at all. On Education is brought to you by Teacher Gaming. As a foreign language teacher, I'm so excited about Teacher Gaming's newest game edition called Influent. Influent is a video game aimed at inspiring people around the world to pick up a new language by making vocabulary acquisition and proper pronunciation a fun and rewarding experience. Players explore an interactive 3D environment filled with hundreds of collectible objects scattered throughout. I had so much fun playing this game all while learning Korean. 
There are 18 languages currently supported, including Spanish, French, Mandarin, and even Bulgarian. To learn more about teacher gaming and all of the awesome games that are available, visit teachergaming.com. On Education is brought to you by Classcraft. Classcraft is an amazing teaching resource created by teachers. Classcraft is dedicated to making school relevant and engaging to all of our students. Classcraft is proud to announce their Questathon quests created with shared storylines and custom illustrations to bring any subject to life. Every time a teacher downloads one of the free quests, Classcraft will add $1 to the Teachers Are Professionals fund, which will be used to fund teacher requests to PledgeSense.com. To learn more about Classcraft, simply go to Classcraft.com. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this article uh, that we're going to talk about was on Ed Surge. Uh, we want to talk about this because it's something we bring up all the time. I've, I reference it a lot, and Glenn makes fun of me a little bit about <laughs> some of the things uh, that I, I talk about related to this and my my love for explain everything. But uh, <laughs> but there's this article that came up on Ed Surge. Why aren't schools using apps the apps they pay for uh and we have a lot of thoughts on this we've already started recording we should have just uh we should just play the stuff we just said five minutes ago um but you know i don't know what your ipads look like out there in uh, you know on education land but you know the ipads at our school are just jammed full of apps jammed how many would you say mike of apps how many would i say like a- i would say on my iPad set. So I have a set of iPads just for my class. Mm-hmm. And I would say there are 30 okay. to 40 apps on there. Maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe 50 apps on there. Three, yeah. four pages. Let's say four pages. How many apps are on four pages? A lot. <laughs> 12, 16, 20. Like eight, I guess that's like 80 apps, isn't it? Yeah. There's about 20 apps on a page. I would say so that's about 80 more than 50. apps. Most of them are most of them are garbage, mm. to be perfectly honest. And, um, you know, it actually was worse because I railed on it a couple of years ago and we trimmed it down, even though they did also take off Minecraft, which drove me crazy. That, you know, maybe that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Who knows? <laughs> now, it's not the straw. It's not the straw that broke the camel's back. It's just one of the pieces of straw. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so these apps mm-hmm. so so you're telling me i don't have a lot of experience with this because this isn't the same in canada as it is in the united states but so the top the most purchased yes. apps are read them out connect ed achieve 3000 we video blender learn discovery and education streaming plus okay first off what the first off <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. We video, we video is the only is the one app that I, in that yeah. whole thing that I know. We video is the one that I was thinking is is something that's legitimate for me as a cre- sure. as a creator. All the rest of them are consumer apps. So Connect Ed is connected to McGraw Hill, so it has to do yes. with some sort of content that they're delivering. Blender Learn Discovery, I'm sure is 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 similar to the Education Streaming Plus which is basically a place where they have, um, you know, two to 20 minute videos on a variety of different topics. You know what I mean? Kind of like at least I want to call them flipped videos, but they're really not, you know, there's just a bunch of different content that you can go ahead 
and then use as a teacher to be able to embed into your LMS or whatever it is that you're using to to be able to go and do that. So it's interesting that they would use these, that these are the ones that the largest, right? The top five apps that the most licenses purchased. It just seems so district level decision though. You know what I mean? Like some, or just someone that decided, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get that subscription for, you know, our 3000 students. So discovery education, discovery streaming plus is by the discovery network or whatever. All right. So I kind of get that one a little, I mean, I guess, but I don't, you're saying that a lot of these other, like these other ones are like textbook owned by textbook companies. Yes. And I, I bet you, if you went into like the top 15 apps, a lot of those other ones would be top, would be textbook companies. too. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure. So it's the textbook company selling the district on extended content. So they give you not only their books yeah. and their standardized tests, but then they push along also, Hey, you want to make sure in order for teachers to teach this specific content, you want the whole shebang. So you want all the videos too, and they're going to use them. Even right. though this site, this right. uh, article is uh, proving that, no, they're not going to use those things. That's, that's after, the, you know, I, I would imagine that after a teacher vets the videos and goes through them, they're like, eh, it's not connected enough to what I'm actually uh, using in class and what, what, what standards we're, we're seeking out. So we're not going to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's not worth the time or whatever it might be. I, I found yeah. a better video on YouTube or something. <laughs> I, a median of 97.6% of licenses analyzed were never used intensely. God, that's, 97, that's a lot. 97.6 is a, that, a huge that's number. That's so much. <laughs> but it's astounding. You know what me. I was looking at, though? Um, the apps with the highest intensive users. So read out some of those. Yes. Read out some of those because there's a couple that I want to just go ahead and talk about. I mean, it just... just so. I'm looking one up right now because I don't know okay. what it is. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, Google Drive, Canvas, which is like a learning management system, uh, Dreambox Learning, Lexia Reading Core 5, don't know what that is, and IXL. Okay. So um, Dreambox Learning is a Nelson product. Okay. What is that, Mike? Nelson is, sorry, ne- Nelson is a textbook company. Oh, there you go. Okay. So then... But that's actually high intensive users, huh? Okay. I would want to look more so, into that. But it's then. But actually it might be a Nelson company in Canada. I'm just trying to figure it all out here. Mm-hmm. Nelson distributes, sorry, it in Okay. It's like a math thing though. So uh but you know, Google Drive makes a lot of sense. Obviously, people would use Google Drive a lot in Canvas. Yes. You know, I thought about, you know, if you built like a top 50 list you would see you know other learning you would see google drive you probably see schoology you probably see you know that google kind classroom of stuff. yeah uh, i excel i excel is really good like uh, our school has i excel and i don't use it because i don't teach any of the subjects you know related to it but a lot of our teachers really like i excel it's okay what are your thoughts on these <laughs> these five apps well it's okay i excel is very i don't have a whole lot it's, of experience it's with it, very repetitive uh and okay it it takes, you know, the the components of gamification and when you use some components of gamification and you like twist them and turn them into something that never represented games ever again, 
That's IXL. <laughs> it's, okay. It uses some components yeah. of gamification. Basically, a, 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 I would say a combination of gamification and mastery learning. Oh. And it really drives home some specific things. So they use yeah. it a lot for remediation. Uh, some teachers, I think, overuse it. Uh, it's it's a tw- it's a tool. It shouldn't be the the component that students are sure. you know inside and focused on. Uh, the student, if you ever got student feedback on IXL, uh, I would guarantee yeah. that I'm guessing right along the lines of ninety nine point nine percent of them would tell you that they hate it. <laughs> so so it's funny because I was actually having a conversation with the students. They were older students, probably in grade six or seven, the other day. Yeah, and they were talking about IXL, and 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 I I haven't really used it a whole lot. So I didn't understand what they were talking about. So I wanted to get some clarification. Sure. And one of the things that they were complaining about was that it took something that should be fun and made it way less fun. Yes. Like, like they, they were saying, and uh, I have some really bright kids and, and they get it. And they, they basically said, you know, this, this could have been really good. This could be great, but it takes the, play it takes the they said it takes the fun out of it yes and when you take the fun out of it i lose it there's this factor kind of reminds me of like okay you know in in game testing when you develop a game and you and you Mm -hmm. made it too hard mike but not but not only you made it yeah you made it too difficult the game but then you also make you punish the player so then they get yeah. to a certain extent, like out. Uh, there's a game called Spelunky. I don't know if you've ever played it before. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's one of the most difficult games ever because when hard. you lose, you start at the beginning. So that's kind of this concept of what IXL has. It has, you have to get a certain number of questions correct, right, Mike, before you can go ahead and move on to the next concept. Right. But if you lose, so if you get one wrong, you start over. Right. And it's like the most infuriating kind of, you know, process for, for kids. Um, so, Anyway, it's one of those things. It definitely is high intensive users, but that's because I think a lot of teachers are using it as a core component of their class. Uh, it's uh, very data driven. You can see statistics, has a lot of really, really good components, but I don't like that specific part of it. Um, but yeah, so as far as teachers uh, not using the, the the apps that are on their iPads it's and the t- students not using them, it's... I, I, I'm not surprised at all by it. I think so many of the of those uh, apps are purchased and never there's never a committee of teachers that really, um, yeah, really involved and play test it, you know, and and really connect. Right, it. it's like kickbacks from the textbook yeah. companies, and that's that's the driver of the you know ex, uh, you, you know IXL isn't offering you know, a, a rebate based on how many books you buy exactly. with our additional apps to be installed on whatever. So that's probably, you know, that says a lot. Um, I was thinking about, you know, buddy, again, there's one app. Yeah. Oh my one goodness. App. It's your all. app. <laughs> the one app that rules them all. I tell you, man, have you, how much have you used explain everything? Cause you don't <laughs> seem to buy this, but I'm telling you. Um, we were one to one iPad. Uh, I would say that at the, at the beginning of, of our iPad usage at my previous school, so it was probably about six years ago, we were very, we were super into it Yeah, for about a year and then yeah, kind of moved away from it, especially when every, when the, I, when I, 
I thought it was like the, the peak of kind of the flipped learning movement, you know, kind of that everybody was kind of flipping their classrooms and doing those things and using uh, that uh, for specifically creating those types of videos. But yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I just think, I don't know if it's the all end all. How much does it cost, Mike? I don't know anymore. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a 99 cent app or if it's a $5 app, you know. And I am being a little bit tongue in cheek <laughs> about it, right? Like I'm not saying that it's, <laughs> I just, I, I just, yeah. what I hate is, and this goes for any app is that, that when teachers overuse it, it gets, cause there is some fun factors involved in using explain everything, for example. And, and, but if, if you just beat the dead horse a bit, like, like yes. it's just constantly using it. Kids are like, Oh my God, we got to do another assignment on explain everything. Can't we do something else? Yes. You know? So again, heaven forbid, but you know, student voice and choice, <laughs> you know, you, you have to have multiple tools yeah. that, that you can use. Like, like when I have a presentation assignment, I say, you know, you can use explain everything. You can use Keynote. You can use PowerPoint. For you sure. can use Google Slides. I had kids wanting to use Canva because Canva apparently has wonderful presentation yes. um, options in it. The Prezi uh, is awesome, you know, for certain kids that, that are really into that kind of design. You yeah. know? But when you force someone into one of them or, you know, yeah. or you over just use one thing, like we've talked about that all time, that, man, you burn it for everybody. <laughs> just delete all your apps and install explain everything google drive schoology and minecraft minecraft <laughs> i was gonna say what else is left and minecraft we would, be, we would be really good like you could do a you that's it you could that's it you you're, could you're perfect you could rule the world <laughs> as long as Google Drive, by Google Drive, you mean all the Google Suite, right? And the Google Suite, yeah, G Suite. Yeah, yeah, just basically yeah. like Docs and yep. anything else, slides, whatever. And then use the built-in apps too, right? So iMovie. Oh, God, uh, yeah. See, oh, my God. iMovie, GarageBand. Oh, those are so powerful. Yeah. 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 I so agree. There you go. <laughs> all right. 97.6 is just a giant number, and I can't imagine the number of dollars that are wasted. Just wasted money. Uh, to these really crappy textbook companies um, that that you know are are, are providing kickbacks to districts uh, so that they can get their additional content installed because that's exactly what's happening. All right, and and rant, <laughs> rant is over. Back, yeah, yeah, the rant is over. When we when we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Don Wetrick. On Education is brought to you by Project Pals. Project-based learning has come a long way since poster boards and paper cutouts. Digital platforms like Project Pals have cut teacher prep time in half to allow more time for research and learning. They can either choose from the dozens of projects available in the catalog or create a tailored project from scratch. Project Pals multi-purpose platform allows students to work in real time to create project assets, import media, and save their resources all in one place. Student contribution analytics and a progress bar keep teachers up to date. Solidly grounded in years of research, Project Pals is your all-in-one solution for student-centered inquiries and group projects. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're thrilled to be joined by author, podcaster, and the co-founder and CEO of Start Ed Up, Don Wetrick. Welcome to the podcast, Don. 
Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Awesome. Uh, so you run uh, Start Ed Up Innovation. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what you guys do? Yeah, I mean, it's multifaceted. So yeah. uh, in the beginning, um, essentially what I did was uh, a former student, actually at the time he was a current student who, um, it's fun. <laughs> actually it's not funny, I, 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 it started to affect my health, but I, basically I was getting on a plane every other month and right. going to a conference or a school or et cetera, et cetera. And um, I had a, basically it's a mini stroke at a TIA. Mm. And so Hunter said, you know, hey, Mr. Wetrick, you've got a pretty 90s business model. Do you mind if I help you modernize? <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, how about you, we digitize the class and you don't have to get on a plane so much? And I was like, all right, so you want to go into business with me? So, um, yeah, yeah, he did. And so, so yeah, I mean, we, we have some um, online courses and, and, um, but it's still, it's funny the way we, we found out is that a lot of schools still want me to come out and like talk with and meet with the teachers or most optimally sure. even meet with the kids. I actually prefer meeting with the students because they have the ownership kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that works out. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, at a simplest level, I've got some online classes. The hybrid model is sometimes people don't have the time uh, or the capacity to have me out. So maybe they'll have me for a couple of, you know, Skype calls every other month and then some classes and then, yeah. So then some other schools have me come out once or twice a year and also do some classes. But <clears throat> the other part of this is Started Up Foundation started as well because the state of Indiana saw that what was going on in my classroom. Um, I, I have a wonderful classroom in Noblesville High School. And they're like, hey, we want, we want you to do what you've done for your classroom for the state. And That's so amazing. they asked me to get a, well, they, they provided me uh, the wherewithal and backing to get a 501c3. And so now we do uh, monthly events. And um, we also are a seed, um, almost a venture capitalist firm that doesn't make money. Um, st uh, mm -hmm. Students that are 20 years and younger uh, can apply. We have money, it's 0% equity um, that some students that want to level up and start their own entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, we provide money. Um, but at the same time, we want our money back. It's not like free money. Sure. Uh, yeah. One, because it's realistic. Like the whole, you get $5,000, no strings attached. Studies have shown that the students don't reinvest in the company. You they need go skin out in the game. Absolutely. Um, but what we do want is that over a couple of years, we want our money back. If you fail, it's on us. Like it's our fault. Um, but if you succeed, not only do we want it back in installments, but we're hoping you'll then help the next kid up. Absolutely. That by now you're, you're 18, 19, 20 years old, help out that next 17 year old. So that was a really long answer, but yeah, that's, that started up innovation and started up foundation. That's awesome. Nice. Right, right connected to that. This is Glenn Irvin, by the way. Um, I wanted, I really love the idea of this innovation and open source learning course. And maybe that's yeah. what your connection was there. Can you tell our audience more about that? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, essentially the, the, the origins were I watched Daniel Pink's Ted talk. It was uh, eight years ago. And, um, I thought, well, so now we call it like what genius hour, 20% time. And it wasn't enough. Like, like, ironically enough, I love Genius Hour at the elementary school level. Yeah, and I right. like it when it's teamed at the middle school level. But 30 minutes on a Friday for a high school class just isn't enough. Mm, I agree. Because after a while, like, 
we started to become entrepreneurial about like every now and then like Wetrick, I'm onto some things here. And um, it just wasn't enough time. And and so, mm-hmm. yeah, the, essentially the class is, it's about a nine week course and where the students are working for me in the sense that I'm teaching them how to think for themselves, how to reframe problems, how to, you know, sprinkle in a little bit of, you know, uh, what is the hip thing now, the design thinking and things of that nature. Yes. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of things we sprinkle in. Also, like we give you a wait, like, at least a week to understand your own social branding. Like I think that every... Every 15 to 18 year old right now should be on LinkedIn. Yes. Why? Hey. Because they're not on LinkedIn. And so if, <laughs> if, if and it, well, I mean, like it's, it, it, if you're, if your students is work, like if they're working on something impressive yes. or entrepreneurial, 40 year olds all over the country go, oh my gosh, this kid. Yes. So like, mm-hmm. that's also so part of the class. Like I, I, you know, we have our students understand social branding and the video algorithm right now for LinkedIn is very advantageous. So, you know, we, we, we get them to, to do those things. We have some experiments. So they, they understand, like, we study Google Analytics and AdWords. Like, these are simple things that you can get certifications in. And then the rest of the year, I work for you. Right. You tell me, like, you open source your learning. Like, hey, Mr. Retrick, I've got a problem here. I'm, I want to learn how to do development on blockchain. Okay, I don't know how to do that. So you open source your learning. Yes. And so you're starting to find people. You're starting to find a network. Um, I roll my eyes when people say, oh, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Okay, so let's know some people. Like, problem sure. solved. Yeah, yeah. And so if I have a kid that like, uh, you know, I want to study blockchain, I'm not going to say you should go to college for that. Screw that. Yes. Like, yeah. let's learn blockchain now. Yes, so I, yes. put, I, th- I throw out some stuff on LinkedIn. And um, by the way, policy on cussing, because I'm about ready to go into flow mode. <laughs> <laughs> Do we yeah. frown upon that? Well, it's, it's I, 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 I'm the one who, okay, who so, has so to like it out. But I'm like, holy shit, man! Like, <laughs> it's not it's not rocket science we're talking about. So if you're talking like, hey, I need to learn something, we open source it. Yes, right. And and it, magic happens because they're no longer learning from just me. Yeah. And in many cases, yeah. I'm just I'm putting a mirror up to your face. Like yeah, you awesome. said that you wanted to do these things for the next two weeks. Okay, here I am telling you, you're not doing it. Now, what do you think you deserve this last two weeks? And so we, you know, we reflect, we have them do things transparently. We, we, we're really big on them throwing up their work on either a blog, a YouTube channel, or some sort of, you know, or podcast. Yes. And uh, so anyway, that's the class. And, and really, in a lot of ways, when I said the class is nine weeks, yeah. guess what we offer on Started Up Innovation? <laughs> Pretty much my class. <laughs> That's um, interesting. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so I mean, you have a you have a huge amount of energy as as someone who also <laughs> gets told he has a huge amount of energy. Yeah. Uh, what what gets you up in the morning, man? What 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 gets you going? What what are you doing to like wake up and say let's do this? Well, number one part of it, and she's she's gonna hear this and call BS on me. One, I have a daughter that's a swimmer. Now, okay. full disclosure. I used to get up with her and she drives now herself. So I've been a little bit um, not as good about the morning workouts. But for the most part, I try to win the morning. And yeah. I'm no good after 9 p.m. Like, huh. embarrassingly so. Like, you know, like Friday night, <laughs> like last night, I had, a, I had a speaking thing in Milwaukee and I drove home and it was 10. And the wife and the kids were like, hey, we're watching a movie. And like a grandpa... I fell asleep on the couch watching the movie on a Saturday night, man. But um, So, I mean, part of it, yeah, I'm an early riser. And two, I'm just, I'm motivated and I'm driven by all the things that are out there that can be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of like our mission. You know, and I know I sound rhymy and it sounds cokey, but our mission and what drives my energy is I'm trying to create seekers and peakers, not moaners and groaners. Awesome. I like, well, I'm yeah. trying to get kids to find the seek out opportunities when everybody else is whining and moaning about everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then seek opportunity. Listen to those people complain. Right. And then once those kids start seeking opportunities, then they become a group. They become like, and they start sharing information. They start comparing notes and then they become peekers. And this is the important part. Peekers are those who can look, peek around the corner and see what's coming next. You know, I had three students say, we should start an esports team, not yeah. a club. We'd be the first in the nation. Okay. Why? Yeah. Before there was Fortnite. Yes. Before there was yeah. PUBG, yeah. they thought this is yeah. going to be big. And so yeah. those peekers, they become, I hate to say a cult, but we create a culture mm-hmm. of, of positivity. We create a yeah, culture yeah. of getting stuff done. And, you know, you want to go online and complain. I mean, okay. <laughs> but, but like, I would rather go online, see what people go. And, and this is not to say that the, 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 that the, um, you know, the marching and the rallying and the I'm triggered stuff doesn't have merit. It's just that I just want to do something. Mm-hmm. Like me marching up and down the street, that, like if that's your bag, I I g- got love for you. But my students, um, well, like okay, this is a problem, so let's solve, let's it. solve it. Check out the hook while the DJ. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> a little vanilla ice in there. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to talk about the mooch. <laughs> I want to talk okay. about the mooch. I got no so, hate mail. Shocking. N- you got none. I got none. Good. I got a lot for uh, Tucker Max, but shockingly none so far. Although I think, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think, I think, I mean, he's really interesting. He's complex. I think he's yeah. way more complex than people give him credit for. I, I kind of get him a little bit. Uh, and I think, um, I also think there's a whole lot of value in engaging in conversations with people who hold contrary opinions. Yeah. Uh, there's it's teachable. There's a teachable moment in this. And, and I mean, this is a guy who goes on real time and like, that is literally headquarters of the resistance practically. No, the and, view was, and, <laughs> Hmm. no, the view. He did the view. <laughs> I mean, he goes on, he yeah. goes on and goes toe to toe with Mar and and he's not afraid and and he talks and i i get some of the things he's talking about in some ways and i mean i'm as i'm as anti-trump as they get but i get i get scaramucci a little bit i I think the interview was fascinating i I think he's a pretty fascinating guy you you had to have enjoyed that process i did and what was great is is that you know I got why well, when I said I haven't gotten email, I got pre messages of how dare you have him on. Sure, mm. but since the episodes come out, I've got I haven't heard. Which either it's because it's a good interview, or yeah. I don't know. But he surpassed my expectations. Um, I'm pretty yeah. well on the record of saying that I am a libertarian. I have yes. not had a winning dog in the show, <laughs> other than what's it, Jesse Ventura? Maybe so. Um, <laughs> so I, I like I. I'm fairly well balanced. And even in that, like I had to do a pre-show about the show, like the week before I'm like, Hey, I'm, or the two days before I'm like, I'm having this guy on. Here's why people have already said, how dare you have him on? But here's the thing, because I don't agree with him. 
I, on everything, I'm going to have him on. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. going to call him a racist or a bigot or a homophobe or a blah, 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 just because he served under a guy that I don't necessarily agree with all the time. However, right. I also will admit that when Trump does do something right, I acknowledge it, just like when I thought oh, when Obama did something right, I acknowledged it. Yeah. I did not like the the people that went crazy when, you know, uh, what was it, Rush Limbaugh that said, I hope Obama fails and people are like, oh, how dare he? We're all in the same country. We're all in the same boat. Okay, same thing, but in 2016. Mm. So I, I want to mm-hmm. be open-minded. Do I do I cringe? Like, God, somebody please take his phone, tr- take Trump's phone away? Of course. Yeah. I, you know, we even brought up in the show, the height of irony is, is that the first lady's campaign is for bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, how can she? But yeah, I mean, like, Every Amazing. every conception I have of him was the exact opposite. He kept calling me by my first name. Before yeah. we even got on air, he thanked me for the opportunity. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you just did The View and Bill Maher. Like, I'm yeah. not going to reach that many people. And then when I asked him, I'm like, oh, hey, don't want to make this awkward, but thank you for sending me a book. Could you send me another one? Because I at least like to give away one. He's like, why one? Is 10 okay? <laughs> <laughs> and so I got 10 books. Signed. It's a classy. It's a, he's a classy dude in he some really respects. It's he really is. Pretty, it was pretty interesting, and uh, yeah, I I think he's completely fascinating. I I I get what he's saying when he's saying like I like the way he explains things, and then people take offense to him, like he's saying this is what I think, and he's <laughs> he keeps saying no no no, I'm just telling you the way it is. Yeah. I'm just telling you that this is what he's doing because I under he understands the president very well i think better than most people think yeah and and i think he gets he gets trump's mentality whether we agree with trump's mentality or not he gets trump's mentality and he knows like he said that to you he says he says um he was talking about the tweeting he says he thinks it works for him whether it works or not is not necessarily the truth and whether it's right or not is not necessarily the truth but I'm telling you what he thinks. He thinks it works for him, and that's why he does it. Well, I actually had a really interesting um, conversation with uh, a well-known libertarian. So I, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Um, okay. Who was because I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's even saying he's like, I, I don't think that sometimes he believes half the things that he tweets. He just knows it'll cause attention and it'll 100%. cause a stir. And he's like, what he's doing is he's playing people. Yes, and yes. he's like. Um, the 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 joke is in a lot of cases on us because he'll say things that of course you know I, I've never heard of this guy like okay a week ago you said that he's the greatest guy ever mm-hmm. and what he's doing is that he's distracting away from things and he knows what he's doing now I, I, even on the show I'm like I just you know as a father who has you know two little girls I'm like God shut up however. This is, and this right. was the guy's point. The libertarian he says because if he goes soft, he knows that going soft doesn't work. And then he cited uh, John McCain that if you go soft, it's still not going to be good enough. So you might as well kind of use the same bully tactics that other people do. So it's one of those, and I, I'm like I hate this because this is the endless cycle of um, I did not like the way the media treated George Bush. It was terrible. So therefore, when Obama took office, the, like the right wing population felt almost, almost it was their moral obligation to treat that man poorly because they said, to reciprocate. Well, "Well, look what they did to Bush." 
Uh, okay. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Clean slate. And so now, mind you, Trump makes it a lot easier to be a jerk to. But here we go <laughs> sure. again, though, with the, you know, respect the office. He's our elected president. Yeah, well, he's a like, I think a lot of people look back. A lot of my liberal friends look back and go, damn, George Bush was like a really nice guy. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I've actually said it's, that it's several times. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're like, what were you complaining about? He was like, nice. <laughs> he's a great guy. Yeah. Awesome. Although uh, my side, the best we could do was, oh, never mind. Uh, our presidential <laughs> candidate, like libertarians need to get their stuff together. Oh, well. <laughs> Enough about awesome. politics. Back to education. Yeah. My fault. Well, talk to us about uh, your podcast, Start It Up, and what is it about it that you enjoy the most? I mean, you seem um, to have a really amazing podcast voice. Thank you. Um, thanks. Uh, no, I think what I enjoy about it most is I get an excuse to talk to people that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole thing started because my students were like, are you recording? Because we'd have interesting people call the class. Like I've always just been like intrigued with some people. And so we'll reach out. And 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 to be honest with me, like they're my heroes. But then our students like get to know who Naveen Jain and Tim Ferriss is, uh, yeah. you know, who Susan Cain or people like this. And so, um, finally one day we had, um, actually we were trying to get Tim Ferriss to call the class and, and he wasn't responding and I'll never forget this. I had three girls and I go, okay, we got a plan. I'm like, okay, what is it? I go, just take a picture of us. I'm like, what? I'm like take a picture of us right now. And they had like these little, like their hands were in a praying position and they looked all sad and they said, okay, send this tweet. Hey, at T Ferris, my students are so let down that you won't call back. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Wow. <laughs> and so Tim calls and we spend like an hour and a half. And then that's when finally the students go, you should start releasing these as podcasts. And I'm like, right. yeah, why, why haven't I done that? And, um, <laughs> so like, yeah, one thing after another and, and this, and cause I, and, and now it was almost excuse exclusively entrepreneurial set at first. And now we're kind of getting into when I see things of people that tweet things about education or things that are near and dear to my heart, like financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, like I had on uh, a former NFL quarterback because he was tweeting about how kids need to understand money management. And I was like, yeah, man. And so I get into these conversations that are interesting online and I'm like, okay, crazy thought. You want to talk about this on a podcast? And Sure. So it's nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd love to know what you're thinking about lately. I I ask people this every once in a while, just to kind of get a sense of what's, what's on your mind. What, what big things have you been thinking about? What have you been taking a deep dive into? What have you been reading about or researching uh, lately? Yeah. I love this. Uh, I'd like to know what's on your mind on wet trick. Two things. Um, this is a, I'm not going to go into the really long story of that. I was at the UN, but I was at the UN at the world investment forum and quite literally the top two things that were talked about were, are going to be my two answers. The number one thing that everything that flowed from everything else was if we could just get our youth to think more innovatively and entrepreneurially. Wow. Hmm. And I'm like, that's all I do. Yes. And yeah, I just yeah, realized yeah. And like, cause like, um, especially in the developing nations, like uh, there's so much focus now on, on both East and West Africa. They're like, this, it, it's exploding, except they have a lot of youth and they're like, people from out of the country keep giving them like marching orders. Like, here's our business. Now you guys go ahead and, and, and quite frankly, do the work. Like, what if we could get more students in Africa 
you know, like because I, I spent time in like uh, Ghana and there's some hotbeds of activity on in Nigeria and definitely Kenya. Like, what if they could think up the business ideas? Yes. Yeah. And everything and the women empowerment thing. What if the women entrepreneurs? And so this whole the mindset of the entrepreneur has been my muse. It has been my drive because whether we like it or not, according to Forbes and a lot of the places, by 2020, it's right in our corner, half the nation's jobs will be freelance. So the the person that's out there looking that's amazing. for an opportunity, they win. The student or the kid or the adult that sits down idly and waits for the instructions, i.e. Yep. what a yep. good student used to be, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I feel more impassioned to know that the world's leaders now are saying, okay, we really need to get kids to start finding their opportunities and not relying on government. So that warms my heart. Number two is blockchain. That libertarian heart. Of I know, yours. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Though I, but I, I agree with you. Though I agree with you I on, that, on that I case. I can't disguise it. Uh, well, yeah, blockchain and not just for the wacky, crazy libertarians that want to buy weird uranium online, but blockchain because right. it's going to, there's, it, it's just going to be a trust machine. We're, 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 I mean, yes, we're going to decentralize banks. And there's a lot of things that are going on in, in the, in the fintech world, but just, there's a lot of, I think that micro credentialing of education on the, on the ledger will be a thing. Awesome. Um, I, I think that there's so many, like, look, internet of things and blockchain are that point where I was hearing about, you know, this internet's going to be a big deal in 1994. Yes, sure. <laughs> yep. No, I agree. Like I, I've been thinking about like badging and blockchain a little bit. And like, like you just said, micro credentialing, it's like, there's a thing here. Yeah. It's legit. Well, on that age, I'm, I mean, not that I'm like, you know, Yoda old, but like at 46, I've seen some things come and go, but I've seen what's going to stay. And Ironically enough, at the UN, they're like, you know what really hurt blockchain? Bitcoin. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's the technology of Bitcoin, but it was lost in almost like this penny stock mentality of learning to make a quick buck. It, it, people looked away from what it, you know, really was and started using it as a stock speculation. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, you know, the, I do. I think that the the Internet of Things and blockchain are going to be among the two biggest opportunities in the next 15 years. What a world. That's awesome. Yeah. What a world. Awesome. This has been really cool. I, I, I mean, I'm going to mention that you're doing two panels at FETC. Uh, we got connected with you through through those folks who were leading up to FETC uh-huh. by interviewing a, a bunch of folks. So we're really excited to, to see those. Uh, and, and hopefully... We'll see you there. You know... It, and, and, and yeah, we'll see you there, earlier, man. I'm it's... glad that they're in the morning because, as you can tell, you're a morning person. Morning. <laughs> you're a morning person. As we as we do this, it's 4:28 p.m. and I'm getting a little. It's getting there, huh? A little rough. You're dying. You're dying. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Don. Thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you in January, Completely man. Completely my pre- pleasure, guys. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Mike Washburn, and my co-host is Glenn Irvin. Do you want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Irv Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. Our engineers are Jake and Justin at Podcast Production Team. Check out their website at podcastproductionteam.com. 
You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we'd be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost, and this helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Schoology, for supporting us. Check out Schoology.com to learn how they can help you advance what's possible. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome. See you soon.